0: as How are you, bro? Alhamdulillah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Ah, alhamdulillah.
1: How's everything?
0: Uh, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I can't complain.
1: Oh, that's good to hear.
0: I just, this week, uh, finished, um, not this week, so last week, I finished all of my uh, university classes. So I just need to, so inshallah, unless something went wrong, right, I'll, I'll be graduating, uh, like, Soon,
1: okay, so you got a bachelor in what now?
0: In uh arts, arts, um.
1: arts mashallah. So, what's next? Medina,
0: Insha'Allah. Inshallah, I'm also trying to finish my um uh, Islamic uh, IOU diploma. I started it, but like because I had university and other things, it was kind of difficult to work on it like full time. But now that I've just sort of finished university and I'm still working. I have more time that I can than I would have been spending at university to work on on that, and also you know some of these are what are they called? uh, uh MOOC courses where you can take like courses um, from all kinds of universities online. You know, even even like like say, Harvard has some MOOC courses you can take, right?
1: There's a, a nice app. which is called the the Great Courses. Have you heard of that one?
0: It sounds. Yeah, I think I've I haven't I haven't looked into, it, but I have definitely heard about it. I've heard the name.
1: It's very good. It's quite good, actually. There's uh, a bunch of, as you mentioned, a bunch of universities that are offering free and useful courses.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm taking a course, um, like now I started taking a course from Harvard in a world literature, uh, which looks really interesting because it's, like it's literature from different parts of the world. So you have, um, they start with discussing a Goethe, the German poet, who was very cosmopolitan. And then they go into Gilgamesh, and then the tale of the Genji from Japan, which is like goes back a thousand years, then the Thousand One Nights. And then they go like through, a, like, like um, th- that's what I'm up to. I haven't got to the next stage, but they go like to different literature. I think they go to some African like literature. And like, I think Borges, who was an Argentinian a writer, you know, so it's like well, like it's studying literature from the perspective of world literature, it's kind of like English literature, Like, I'm doing, um, Look, I'm doing a few like courses and I have like a pile of books in Arabic. You know, like those workbooks that have like, you know, it has like a drill and then it has like an exercise. You translate this into Arabic. You know, like, you know, there's like, I, I had a collection of those that I bought over the years. I never really read that I'm going for now. Plus, there's, um you know, the Medina book. There's a website which has like the book and then it has the translation. Like, I think you know the website. Like it's the Medina Arabic course, but it has um, like the full book, and it also has the English uh, like explanation of what you're supposed to do, and then it has exercises. I'm doing that as well.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. So you're getting the Arabic skills ready before you actually travel. Yeah, inshallah. Is that happening?
0: Uh, like, what's it My written my um, because I, I can't really talk to anybody. Like, my spoken Arabic is not is not yet the best, right? But, like, in terms of reading, in terms of, uh, like, understanding people, I, I can understand a lot more.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. So, Mr. Ramnak, what are we talking about today?
0: Uh, okay, I thought, like, a good topic for us to talk about would be, like, like a broad, the broader topic of, like, technology and, and also social, but that can also divert into social media and then even, like, pop culture. Because one thing I found recently, even online, is I find there's a strange tendency of, in society. I think now Muslims are picking it up as well to make, to make it out like technology is some kind of evil thing. Do people not, think that? I've, I have, I like, they, like people, uh, I've met some people who sort of make technology out, uh, this trick tricks, there's one who make technology out to be this really, um, you know, the, the greatest thing that ever happened to mankind and, you know, there's nothing wrong with it at all. There's no problem with technology, there's no problem with... And then there's another extreme, I've, I've found this a bit of a stranger for younger people who sort of, um, like, they have this movement that is, have you heard of uh, Ted Kaczynski, the, the Unabomber? Yeah, yeah, of course. He wrote a manifesto, right? And strangely enough, as if our Ummah doesn't have enough problems with these type of things, individuals, right, internally, they have, I've seen some people who have sort of gravitated to his arguments because his, his whole perspective was technology is evil, right? Mm-hmm. His whole perspective is technology is evil, so I have to blow up all the people who are developing technology. And he wrote his Unabomber uh, manifesto. This? And I've met online, I think, I'm finding many Muslims, um, because especially now where you're on, um, you can't really mix with people as much in society, especially like until like a week or so ago. So you're at home a lot more, you're online a lot more. I, you find a lot more of these group chats or these like, these like... Uh, Uh, social media platforms or uh, like telegram groups that will have people again it's the the strangest irony that you're on social media and you'll be finding all these people who are promoting like an anti-technology perspective
1: it's interesting um, even during the period in which uh, televisions were introduced into some Khaliji countries as well uh, I have memories of some of the teachers I had in the past they were bemoaning the fact that television was introduced and how much of an evil thing it was for the Ummah to have faced during that period. It was introduced by certain political leaders and so forth at the uh, at the time. But the irony is they have television sets in their own room, in their own houses. Uh, it's very strange. You know, That's it's the like, same thing that brings to mind like when you talk about that.
2: Fairly like briefly before, because like, I've been doing a lot of study on that. Like, Islamic history, of the Ottomans, right? As a sort of overarching project, I'm working on over a long period of time to really study the Ottomans comprehensively. I want to write a book on it, right? And you'll find that, for example, printing, you know, printing books, right, was something that the Ummah was sort of against until you had people like uh, Rashid Rida and Muhammad Abdul who started to print books. Right? I mean, like no one, like there's many people who would. Uh, Demand what we call modernism and of course like the early modernists who i don't think are even the same thing as today's world had some strange beliefs and so on now i'm not going to deny it but they also there is a good side to modernism as well like there were things that they addressed like they they like i think actually i think this would actually be a good tangent in a slightly is very often muslims we tend to and it's not we're not it's not unique that we tend to often ignore that certain phenomena emerge in reaction an existing issue, you know? Like, the uh, reaction can be the wrong reaction. The way that people uh, react is actually often an overreaction and they go to an opposite extreme and they take another perspective. In fact, that's what I would say that technology thing is. But by contrast to this overreaction and making uh, everything, about, I think that, look, as I was giving the example of modernism, right? Things like printing, printing books, right? So like, you know, a lot of like, um, one of the reasons that Ibn Taymiyyah has become very popular in this century, last century and going on to now is because so many of his books were basically inaccessible for like, uh, for such a huge chunk of history. Like he wrote, even then we lost most of his literature just over time, some malicious intent and so on. But it's because so many of his books were not accessible until, um, Rashid Rida and then, um, Muhammad Hamid Sufi, who founded the, um, uh, Ansar Sunnah in Egypt, right? he was a student of Rasulullah, began to print Ibn Taymiyyah's books right? Because before this time, um, the, whenever Muslims would print something, one wanted a book printed they would send, like it would be very very few books, and they would send it to like, they would get a merchant who was like often, often like a Sephardic Jew who was connected to Europe to say Livorno or Amsterdam and like, so for example, Al-Adrumiyyah uh, um, Ad- was printed in like the 18th century. So it was one of the earliest uh, Islamic books to be printed with Al-Adrumiyyah, you know, the, the grammar. Uh, it was printed in um, Amsterdam by um, these, um, by this connection with um, Sephardic merchants. Like the person who commissioned it was an Azhari scholar who found that it was annoying to have to get to write out like however many copies that he had of students. To get them to memorize it, right? So he, so he, he, commissioned a merchant to, and I think this is one of the, the strange attitudes that Ulmus had with um technology, is that um, is that at the same time, so you had back then, an Asperian scholar who was commissioning a printing. The majority of the so-called ulama in the Ottoman Empire stringently opposed the introduction of printing. You know, like they stringed printing is a like. A,
1: let's not be overly critical of them in the sense that uh, even when the humble carpet was uh, something widespread within the muslim world uh, and they used to put in the houses and the mosques and everything like that some of the scholars were against the idea of having carpets because it meant that it obliterated a sunnah of the prophet peace be upon him in the sense that you can go inside the mosque with shoes as was part of the practice of the prophet peace be upon him So there is a type of, I guess, humility that comes with
2: it as well. I agree. I'm not saying saying their perspective is entirely wrong. Because actually, if you look at a lot of their arguments, they definitely have a point. Like even if you look at some of the people who critique television, right? And so if you look at a lot of their arguments, like people who criticize social media today, they definitely have a lot of strong arguments, right? But they still use it themselves. It's like... This is, I think this is another thing, like when progress happens, it kind of, uh, progress is not just linear, everything gets better. It's kind of like you might solve one issue or you might introduce something to great improvement, but with introducing a solution, you create new problems. The thing about it, like, you get rid of, like, hunger in a society and then you have a problem with obesity because now food is cheap, easily available. A lot of people can afford to buy a lot more food, you know, and so they eat more and they become obese. So it's, so in eliminating one problem, you've created another problem, you know? And I think that's, that's the case with many of these things is that, um, there is sort of a very often on either side of a debate, there's often a lack of nuance. Like, you know, someone will give a perspective that is against, um, you know, that will say, I, I have X, and people will just ridicule, it, you know, and, and it'll come from either side, like you'll get someone who criticizes social media and then they will just be ridiculed and seen, oh, look at this, uh, backwards, uh, mullah. he's so dumb, blah, 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 blah. And then on the other side, you could get someone who is pushing like, hey, you know, why don't we as Muslims use social media technology to do X, Y, Z thing that will help the Muslims in a beneficial way. And people on the other side will mock them and ridicule them. You know, like it's not that those people aren't deserving of critique, but often the critique is not more, you know, like it's like, it's just like, um, instead of actually taking seriously what someone is saying and saying, okay, you have a point here, but this other thing you're saying i i don't think you're correct you know it's sort of like just everything this person has done is done and i think that's why like, even talking about say modernism right is that there's an like, opinion that people today use the word modernist as an insult which i think by the way is a a foolish idea because if you use the word modernist as an insult you're kind of implying or, or say I, i'm against modernism and i am traditional right but so what does traditional mean traditional can mean are so many different things you know like Traditional could mean I support the traditional values of my community, which are not necessarily according to Islam. I like are many communities that are Muslim communities, but they have practices that I are in mean, according to Islam. It could mean, so it could mean following your ancestors blindly. It could also, to the opposite extent, just pretending that you are, oh um, well, I'm really traditional, but actually you're just a hyper modern individual who wants an excuse to be snobbish towards other people. I like have seen that there's people say I'm very traditional. But if you look at them, there's nothing traditional about them. They, they have no interest in anything like they have no interest in, in classical knowledge, and learning Arabic, and anything connected to the deen But do I'm a religious. Really I'm not a modernist, right? And then there's the opposite extreme. think people is like people will say, "Well, modernism. Well, if you're against modernism, that means you must be here You know, so that's what I'm saying. It's kind of a lack of nuance in a lot of these discussions. And again, that's not unique to Muslims. Like you go to any other group of people. Uh, you will find this same issue. Like, it's not as if that we, cause this is not a problem with have, If you get some Muslims who believe that we are somehow the worst, like, that every problem that exists in our community somehow is unique to us, and only the Muslims have problems, and like, other groups of people, I've met people like this, right? Even people who say they're practicing Muslims. In fact, they are practicing Muslims, but they sort of have this mentality that, oh, we have problems in our community, and no serious person can deny like that. But then they'll act like, we Muslims are the worst people in the world. We have nothing good in our community. We only have, or at least we have all the problems. And then like, you know, the other communities, they have no issues at all. I mean, if you just watch the news, you will see how untrue they Just look at the scandal, the Catholics, or even let's say, um, like, let's say uh, gangs that can exist in various communities or racism, you know, like there's, there's a whole bunch of issues that, when you're outside a community, you don't necessarily know the issues that they have, right? And then there's the other extreme of some Muslims who will say that we don't have any problem, you know, that we are sort of perfect, and like they'll say, the Quran and Sunnah is perfect, it's sent by Allah, so we, as followers of the Quran, we must be perfect, which is not true, you know, like, the, you are not the Quran, like, you, you can strive to attempt to follow the Quran, but you're not the Quran, you know, you're not the Sunnah, you're not the authentic Sunnah.
1: Yeah, I, I see where you're going with this. Uh... I think one of the things that's coming out of what you're saying is that there needs to be a sense of balance with regards to not just technology, but who we are as Muslims. I suppose.
0: Yes, I think uh, that's, that's very much what I'm sort
2: of saying is that we need to have more of this sense of a, of a nuanced. Um, like I think there is a degree to which black and white thinking, and there's a hadith. I'm trying, I'm trying to recall was a hadith about how a is going to. It's talking about how they will be good in the future, but it will be mixed with bad. Um, trying to think of, uh, and they have bad, in, or even say the way that chama is described, there is some good in it, but the, the evil is greater, right? So the evil is greater in chama, but it doesn't mean that um, there might not be some good. So when someone brings like a scientific study and says, oh, um, red wine is good for uh, like liver cancer, whatever. That, well, that might be true, but that doesn't mean that red wine doesn't have all these other issues that make it worse, you know? So that's what basically I'm sort of getting at is that, um, you know, we, we, we need to sort of regain the sense of balance. And I mean, after all, we are like the, the middle ummah. We are the, you know, mm. and so on. It's so not as if, um, I mean, and this also, I don't want to get too deep into politics because I've been trying to stay away from politics, um, but which is not, which is very difficult to do, right? But especially nowadays. But you'll find this perspective of politics and you'll find some people who they will make, the whole of Islam, political. Like they will, they will literally tie their, and I'm sure you've met people like this, who will tie their deen to, in fact, not even like political. They won't even just make it about like a, like a belief in say, Khilafah. They'll make it about, I support a particular individual, a particular group of people, and that is the deen to me. You know, is to support those people. And then you'll get people who will deny that Islam has sort of any political Implications at all. There's no political implications, um, so you can just support any political position you like, and that's equally valid. You know, there's a, there's no nuances, there's no discussion. Um, for example, even or like say democracy. Like some people will say, some people will say that democracy is is purely Islamic, and some people will say democracy is cool. And what they mean by that, is anyone who participates in any election for any reason at all. Even in, say, a Muslim country where they're voting for an Islamic candidate, like a candidate from an Islamic party against a secular candidate, these people are hostile. You'll get people who say that, right? And so I guess this goes back to my whole general point about the need for a nuanced um, position. And also having a nuanced position doesn't necessarily mean you have two people who agree. Mm. The thing about the fact that a mujtahid can have um, a mujtahid who is wrong, has or Jah has one reward, and one who is right has two rewards, and that's someone who has a great deal of knowledge. So, what about those of us who are not at that level, but we still have some sort of understanding of an issue and we have like a discussion of an issue? It's not just a black and white, this person is wrong on everything, and even when people are say wrong, they may still have a point, and then sometimes. They may be right, but they are not correct in their entirety. I've seen many, there's many examples. You see people who are You'll see many times, like now with this political situation, um, I've seen this with with this um, um, Black Lives Matter thing, where you'll get one Muslim who is sort of on the side of the protesters and they'll bring a very valid argument about um, about the police racism in America or Australia, right? And then you'll get a another person who will give a statistic but x group of people uh, have such and such higher crime rate allegedly, right? And the thing is both these statistics can be true. The, the, these two things don't necessarily cancel each other. out. Right. The fact that perhaps one group of people has a slightly higher crime rate doesn't necessarily mean that the police is not deeply racist against them. And the fact that the police are deeply racist doesn't necessarily mean that the group they're racist against are perfect saintly individuals who do nothing wrong, you know? Like, I mean, every group is human. They're not angels, they, 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 they have problems. So that's like the point I'm making is that like, we sort of need to regain this sense of nuance. And what I believe is that social media, unfortunately, has contributed. See, I made a lot of these early points to make the point that uh, I'm not criticizing all of technology, like I'm making this whole point about nuance so I can make this critique of social media. I think social media has greatly contributed to this culture of not being nuanced. I think that like when an issue appears on social media, you have to immediately take one side and taking one side means you take every single point of that side. And if you uh, disagree with uh, even one part of that issue, you are not allowed to be on that side anymore. And you are that and if you're trying to be a nuanced person, both sides will treat you as an enemy. That's something that I've
1: Well, it's, it's interesting in the sense that even in the absence of a theology movements such as this are creating their own dogma.
2: Yes, that's a very good way to put it. That's it.
1: It basically becomes that it's, it's like, you know, something is within the human psyche, which causes it to react in, in such a manner when it comes to causes.
0: And
2: it's like i was mentioning that um, blm thing before like obviously the, the murder of george floyd is a horrendous crime no one can deny it, right and the people who are protesting have a right to be uh, upset and protesting and I, I i support their general cause but for example someone will bring up well is protesting the best idea when we have a pandemic you know and if you say that uh people will say to you if you don't well so what you're saying is the protests are evil no i'm not saying that i'm just saying that is it the best idea to bring hundreds and thousands of people together in a close space at a risk that many of them will get infected by a virus, you know? Mm. Or you'll get people who will say, well, since George Floyd had a criminal record, uh, it, basically he's just a horrible person, it doesn't matter what happened to him. But it, it doesn't work like that. Even if he did have a criminal record, it doesn't mean he deserved to be murdered by the police, you know? It
1: not No, it... it... I I kind of understand that uh, to a certain level, uh, once people understand how uh, media stories basically work, people are trying to create an icon out of uh, Floyd. And there are another group which are basically trying to demolish that icon uh, that exists, you know, uh, they want to, there's one group that wants to make him out like a Nelson Mandela type figure. Uh, someone who's uh, helpful that you know didn't harm anyone or anything like that, and in order to gain the upper hand, that image has to be torn away, basically.
2: I mean, look, let's see, if you see a lot of the images that are made of blood, they almost give him like a saintly appearance. They always have like like a like the way they draw him sort of there's like a yes light, yes yeah you know. Again I'm, again, I'm not saying this is someone who is like a conservative saying, oh, I, I think that the police are being so badly mistreated; it's so terrible, these black lives, but I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that I see, um, in fact, I see it on both sides. I see some Muslims who feel strangely inclined to support like a conservative perspective. i found this like on social media. i mean, some Muslims are strangely inclined towards supporting a conservative perspective. And then you'll find some Muslims who will um, talk about, well, there's there's, um, during the protest, there were some looters who tried to rob stores that were owned by Yemenis in, in New York, I think. And the people defended their store. And the people will say, if you defend those people who are protecting their property from being looted, you're as bad as the people who are against the protest. Which is, well, that's ridiculous. It's like, um, just because there's injustice, it doesn't mean that it's okay for people. Uh... I seen Muslims say this. Muslims will say this is like, you know, why would they... Um, like, you know, because they, they, they didn't kill anybody, but they they fired like bullets in the air to scare looters away. And they'll say, Why did they do that? This is this is uh, racism, this is prejudice. They were protecting their property. Would you, if someone came to loot your house, right, even if they ostensibly believed in a cause that you think is just, which I think the, the, the BLM cause is a just cause, it doesn't mean that um, every action taken by every individual associated with that movement. Some of them could not, might actually be infiltrated anyway, is is right. And in turn, the fact that some people in that movement do things that are not right, doesn't mean that the whole movement is evil and satanic and has to be uh, opposed, you know? Because I've, I've seen the straight for, although I find most Muslims I've seen are definitely on the support of the BLM. I've definitely seen that. There's definitely a much stronger support for the BLM Perspective than there is for other perspective. I've been sort of surprised by a lot of the reactions I've seen from many people. Like, I find, I find there's a strange tendency of some Muslims to make Floyd's death the fault of Muslims because the shopkeeper, who wasn't even there, was a Muslim person, right? Where Floyd allegedly passed a counterfeit bill and they called the police. But firstly, if someone passed a counterfeit bill, that is technically, and you call the police, that's technically a crime. The fact that the police then came and murdered that individual is not your fault, right? And so I believe the big tendency of some Muslims, you didn't find articles, will say, well, why? See, this is how much racism there is in our community. We're so bad. We're so complicit in. in, 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 And they'll make like the whole thing will suddenly become go from being about how Floyd um, was murdered to about how apparently it's the fault of of Muslims. And this is Muslim people doing it, right? And then when they do this there are non-muslim people right because well, this is what happens when you do things on social media if you were doing this in just a gathering of muslim people right that would be not, uh, not necessarily the best idea, but okay but they'll say this on social media and then like say an african-american person who is not a muslim will see a muslim person saying this you know saying that oh see floyd died because of xyz racism and then they will get the opinion, see often even those Muslim people believe that their people are really the horrible racists and so on. And this fuels a perspective. And, see, and this is, I think the danger of social media is that many people sort of almost treat social media as if it's like a journal, like a diary. Like they don't treat, like they don't think about what they're saying on social media. They don't think that um, what I'm saying is going to be seen by potentially hundreds of thousands of people, right? And if I say something that is really stupid or that um, is, it gives a strange perspective, or that even it might be correct, but like would be misinterpreted badly. Like, for example, is there problems of racism in the Muslim community? Yes, there is, right? But to just say that in like a tweet, you know, and that can be taken very in a very bad light. Just say that in a tweet in a, a heated moment.
1: It's very true. I mean, there is some validity what it is that you're actually saying. Um, in terms of uh, things that are said on social media, it, it can be a situation that people can reverse their opinions very easily uh, later in the future. And it seems as though some things that they might say might potentially haunt them in days to come.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and yeah, the thing on social media is that there is so much um, disinformation and misinformation. like i um, like, you find a lot of people on social media will share statistics, right? They, w- they more often won't even tell you where they got the statistics from. They won't give you a context for the statistics. And they'll just say, x, y, z statistics. They want to this comes from this sociological paper, which they never read themselves. You know, and this sociological paper, if you actually read the full thing in context, it says something very different to what your statistics are implying. You know, like, it just has this one specific, like, for example, a popular one is um on both sides like to do this It's it's funny they both like to share both the like the conservative type people and the um, blm people will often share statistics about um african-americans and crime like uh, they'll give this uh 15 23 15 13 something and and um conservatives and i've seen muslims share this, right will share it as if african-americans were 13 percent of the population commit 50% of crime. You know, that's, that's what the, and they won't check what the original study said, right? I, as I'll tell you what the original study says after I give you both perspective. Then you'll get to deal people who will quote the same study without realizing it and will say that African Americans are five times more likely to be arrested by the police than white Americans are, right? The actual study, if you read the original study, will tell you that, for example, African Americans who commit around 30% of violent crime which is an over-representation, they're 13% of population they commit roughly 30% of violent crime by conviction, even that's controversial, are arrested for 50%, 50% of police arrests in America for violent crime is of African-Americans. That's not 50% of conviction, that's not 50% of... um. And that's to me a very good example of how both sides of an issue can take data out of context and presented in Korea. So one side will present one data as evidence of police racism, which it probably is, and the other side will present it as data of how the, I guess, inherent immorality of African-American people that means it's okay for the police to oppress them. And this, I think, is a situation that really is exacerbated by social media, right? because on social media, you can just put up a chart that has that statistic on it, you know, which I've seen many times. And instead of, um, instead of going and reading the original study, which will give in a much more detailed uh, way, especially when you adjust, like, for example, when you adjust that study for class, um, this, the proportion of African Americans who commit, of, of the crime committed by African Americans goes down greatly. Like when you, when you take it for, when you adjust the class and poverty, not classes, adjust for poverty, for family circumstances, for areas where it occurs, the, the statistics keep of until it reaches roughly plurality right? because there are other factors and of course um racism is, is one of those very big factors i mean racism is a very big problem and and I also a friend of mine i think most people whether you like it or not there are, there is a racial undertone to a lot of the like, supports that people have but what i mean by like, you might be in general a very nice very kind you would never be on the bed there. But you did to even argue with a person from another race, right? And inside of you, you don't necessarily say anything, but you have thoughts that you wouldn't have had other ones, you know, like about that 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 group of people. And if you get really angry, you might even say something, especially if they say something to you first, right? And I think that that is sort of a um. I, I think another problem with that is that there are some people who sort of say, well, you know, racism really is not a big deal, and that we shouldn't really care that much about it, and. You know, it's not an issue for us as Muslims. We should just, you know, read the Quran. And then you'll get other people who will make racism like the worst thing ever. Like, like racism is worse than, of course, worse than shirk. Like, if there is even the slightest evidence of racism existing anywhere, then that is the ultimate evil that must be. And of course, hilariously enough, some of these people go so far that they end up becoming racist themselves without realizing it. Like, they'll go so far in attacking racism and trying to find racism that they'll end up, say, attacking, um, ethnic minorities and immigrants for having racist opinions. You know? Like, I'll give you the, um, I was watching a documentary on LA riots, because I sort of wanted to understand the Floyd riots, like what happened before. When the LA riots happened, 50% of all businesses that were destroyed in LA were Korean owned. Right? Think about it. The Koreans are like less than one of the population of Los Angeles. But 50% of all riots of all properties that were destroyed for were and One of the reasons was that the police left Koreatown um, to be attacked, and they refused to protect the white neighborhoods in L.A. And another reason was the media, and so this is exacerbated even more on social media, because I'll get to why, the media will made it out that Koreans were somehow super racist to black people, and, and press. really what just happened is that a lot of Korean shopkeepers, like in America, even in Australia, like a lot of small businesses are owned by immigrants, right? So most of the shops that were in like um, black neighborhoods in America, in in LA, were owned by Koreans. And because of this, the media made it out that there was this huge racism of between Korean people towards black people. And that was in the 90s when you didn't have social media. Today, you are getting sort of a similar rhetoric um, of some people who will support BLM, including Muslim people, who will again try and on social media at, like a, at a time when there is intense tension, and will try and make a point of talking about all the racial issues that exist in their community, which could be taken in a very bad way by someone who doesn't understand the full context.
1: Mm. So- what do you suppose is the way forward? And it, this seems a, like a very confusing and turbulent.
2: I, I, I that's, the, that's the thing. It's very hard to say what, what is the way forward. Right? Like, um, it's kind of like what I want to like, say, like, because of the news cycle, which sort of um encourages you not to like look into something, you just take sound bites from you watch a clip here, clip here, you just watch what's on your Twitter feed, and then you have a ready built perspective. It's actually very hard to say. Um, like, example, it's easy for me to say, oh, the best thing to do is disengage from social media, and, and not engage, but that's, especially in a time like this when we have COVID, to say that nobody should use social media, that's a very naive perspective, you know? I mean, social media is such an important aspect of our time, and that's why I had this sort of whole discussion about you are, because the easy solution is that, well, that social media is pure evil and should be destroyed, it's not that simple. You know, it's like, it's very hard, like, to say uh, what the solution could be to this problem. I don't know. I feel like, in some ways, I almost, like, it, it seems easy to say, I feel like you should encourage people to listen to both sides, but the thing is, because both sides already don't listen to each other, if you try and listen to the other side, when you have a perspective, their opinion will sound so strange to you, you know, and it will just be like, and even if your position is particularly weak, you might just be entirely convinced by their position, or you will just dismiss it entirely, because like, you know, you, you know, these people have given me a whole set of facts I never heard before. to some people, if um, I go and listen to the people I consider to be pure evil, they give me a whole set of information the people on my side never mentioned before, and suddenly I think they're 100% right, because the people on my side have never addressed Any of these points, you know? I I think, like, in many ways, I think the danger is, like, people jumping on trends. I think in many ways, I think that's what sort of has to be addressed, is, like, how can you uh, follow a cycle without being fully drawn into a trend? You know, how can you sort of observe the situation and perhaps contribute forcefully to it Without just being totally sucked in to the trend, you know, like an injustice happens, and now the the most important thing in the world is to ensure that it never happens again. Uh, But that's not really how life works, you know. Life is sort of, in many ways, is a struggle. You know, it's not like the Buddhist thing that life is suffering. Life is not suffering. The life is definitely a struggle. You know, it's a test. It's not just like this. Is not we're not living in general. You know, this is not, this is not paradise. This is, in that, that reality, to a very large degree, is why a lot of, would actually explain a lot of the doubt, of well, why a Allah of this, why does this happen? Well, it's not paradise. We're not living in, in paradise. It's, it's not meant to be a perfect subject. There is hardship in this life, uh, because that is how what tested and judged on what kind of a person want you, you know are you going to are you going to uh, uh collapse because of the struggle are you going to uh, rise up above them and worship allah in spite of them you know and and again that's i think it's again goes back to the whole idea of being more nuanced and um not just blindly following train, Not trains blindly... I
1: mean, uh, one of the things i've heard you say uh, more than once is to be more nuanced uh, to gain more nuance uh, but the reality of the matter is sometimes people are not at that level where they can accept nuance.
2: odds. That's, that's, that's a very good point, right? That is actually, that is a very good point. And it's like how, like, like to even... And the thing is, because it's the people on both sides, having them talk to each other is not necessarily very effective at all. Like, actually, sometimes having two people from a different perspective talk to each other is one of the worst, most counterproductive things you can do. Because all they will say is, both of them say, "I just met these idiots who believe the you, you, you think that the other side has, and they're so dumb, and they don't understand anything that I know." And 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 likewise, other people think the exact same thing about them. All they did was shout and insist that they were right. But it's actually it is a very like I think one thing that I think should actually be encouraged is people should should actually it sounds weird but should, if people want to read books, right, which is something that is is done a lot less than many would think. If you actually read books, even if, and again, one of the best ways to get people into reading is to tell them, read things that are, you're interested in. You're interested in a topic. You know, you're, you, 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 you seem to be following this, uh, issue a lot on social media. Go and find a book on that topic and read a book on that topic, right? I think, when, I think one of the ways that you'll become nuanced is actually by reading. Because when you read, just by default, you will be exposed to different perspectives. Even if like, the author is very much, and this is both Islamic and non-Islamic, even if the author is very much strongly pushing one perspective, they will still mention dozens of other positions, and then they will tell you why that position is wrong, you know? Even the fact that explaining that position is wrong because this is wrong, that is wrong, you know, even if it's not fully really fair, it'll still slowly teach you to understand that there is a... Uh, validity is not the right term but there is like it's not just that the other people are just pure idiots who don't understand anything about life you know but there is a um, there is a sort of a argument there that while not necessarily correct and I'm not trying to say, put that idea that every idea is correct I'm not a relativist by any means but that there is some like a ability in, in, their, in that person, that they're not just a monster, and they're not just uh, evil, and they're not just an idiot, right? And in turn, they tend to think that about you, that you're just a monster, and you're just an idiot, and you're just evil, you know?
1: Polarization.
2: Is yeah. What you're I mean, social media is making it worse, not better. It's funny, because if you see the people who promoted the internet, like the late 80s, early 90s, they sort of had this idea that the internet would connect the whole world, and we would become like one uh, loving human family. And we would, you know, it's sort of, if you, if you look at it, it's actually pretty phenomenal. The internet has made like, has made so many more people, you meet so many more different kinds of people. And sometimes this makes you think, oh, these people have a, a lot in common with this, or this thing from that society is very interesting. And some people, these people are especially a So these people are all, uh, I, I, I despise these people. I, I never had on them before, but after meeting some of them on social media, I now despise them. You know, like, I mean that's one thing I would sort of suggest. But it's it's just like an, I uh, it's a band aid solution, but it's obviously not a comprehensive one. And it's obviously, uh, I think for some people, I think we also need to recognize the importance of that uh, following politics in the news is not necessarily something for everybody. There are some people who it really would be better that they did not really follow the like, news and and actually because that the, the emotional impact it has on them compared to what they are actually able to do about it is often something that they cannot deal with, you know? And it does indeed create like, I, I guess it could even cause like say, maybe a mental problem issue uh, problem, but like definitely you can see people will become upset and angry when they wouldn't otherwise have been, like they wouldn't otherwise have felt uh, upset and angry and then they go about like their whole day and they'll meet with other people and not be annoyed because of something that they saw in the news or in social media and so on, you know, because they 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 encountered some injustices that exist in the world. They feel upset about them, which is, which is fair enough if you feel upset about injustice. But the other thing I find, and at the other extreme you find people who become sort of cynical but they've been part of those movements for a long time. And because they've been part of for a long time, they actually no longer care about the human individual. They, like, when the first, when the, uh, the Floyd incident of their time, I don't know, Rodney King or something happened, they were really upset by it, right? But now that they've been 10, 20 years being an activist, they're actually just cynical and they don't actually care about, uh, the human stuff because they've been so jaded by the amount of news that they've been exposed to. But, and again, social media has exacerbated in that when you get so barraged by everything bad that is going on, right, eventually you sort of, you, you just, it it no longer affects you anymore, you know? And that's why I'm thinking that for some people it really would be better that they didn't follow, um, and like this, so I think that the idea that you don't have to be involved in every issue, I think would be a, a nice one, but like how you convey that message is difficult,
1: you know? So, it, it sounds as though that this is a difficult situation where we might not really come to any real result. And this is basically the reality of the world that we will live in. Yes. In the foreseeable future.
2: Yeah, I would say another thing is that, like, if a person, I guess, had a wider range of um, uh, interests or things going on in their life, but again, because of the COVID situation specifically, I was specifically. But, you know, if a person has, like, a wide range of interests, and then they can take like, some interest in like, a political situation. And they also have an interest in the de- And this is actually something I might have to be slightly pivoting to another topic, but it's related, is that you'll find many people today who will sort of make the idea that you can only sort of have one interest, and that is what defines you. And like, social media will often do that. Like, you know, if you have a Twitter platform, you have, even if you're a very minor individual, like you only have another 300 followers you still have a specific brand around you that says that like if you are into anime drive and you have an anime profile picture and you'll, you'll put your favorite anime and you'll say this is this is my um account and you'll have like an anime some, if you're into like rap music you'll do the same thing and social media sort of encourages people to end up in specific silos that lack um which makes them sort of have only one i guess they might have a job, you know, on the outside, and they might have like a family life, which is good, which is excellent, but like still, their whole life outside of like the confines of the specific work they do and the uh, family life they may or may not have because some people might be like a single person in their early 20s who's living on their own somewhere, and they may not have that much connection to their family and they're not married and so on. Like very often, like social media will push people to only define themselves a certain way. And if, if people had a greater amount of personal interest that they could cultivate, this would make them a more balanced individual in general, you know? So it's like if, person, if a person is interested in, I don't know, seven different things, they would not be, I guess for lack of a better word, fanatical about it. And I would say, as harshly as us, sometimes it's even the case for people who use the Dean itself, and you find some people who are, hundred wonder that they are connected to the Dean, because that's, that's the other problem, someone have an interest and they're not connected to the Dean, that's even worse. 100 wonder that they're even connected to the Dean, but some of you make their whole life is just about a very specific connection that they have to the Dean, you know, and they have, a, they'll make it as if they have no other and again, I think some of those people who sort of default to conservatives from BLM to try and connect with Fred, the thread often come from this perspective. Like my whole life is just specifically uh, to read books about paper and listen to talks by Shiuk and just talk to people who have this kind of a perspective. And that's the only thing I do. I, I don't have anything else I do it, but and this means I'm forced to have any opinion on the issue. My default vision is oh this is not important. you are not listening to a talk by Shiuk on the a of as to how we have to is not worthwhile behavior at all. And I I will mean, it funny that many of these people, despite supposedly being hyper religious, will make no effort to learn Arabic, will make no effort to memorize the Quran, will make no effort to implement Sun like Sunnah like praying Sunnah and Salah in their life, but they'll maintain an image of themselves as a hyper religious character you know?
1: yeah look i think that's very uh significant as it indicates or is indicative of issues with identity yeah and i think this is what uh part of these issues that you're talking about they sort of relate to yeah. become yeah. a certain way because of pre-existing problems with our identity
2: yeah well i agree with that absolutely really the problem of identity I mean, so, uh... I guess it's like um, you know, sort of the existentialist opinion of who says that like he saw a waiter who was a waiter like that waiter's opinion of himself was that he was a waiter. It wasn't that he was a man who worked as a waiter. He was a waiter. You know, so and I think it's sort of it's sort of similar to that. With some Muslims who will have the opinion that I am a I am a I guess sanity person, right? But it's not really representative of what sanity actually is, and so I will pretend to be hyper interested in the qibla and you know. I, even if I mean said, but I won't actually try and gain a, a deep connection to the deen in any meaningful sense. I won't actually dig into any of the serious writings of the genre. or you'll get people who become activists, because I'm an activist, I'm against racism, I'm against, and then th- they'll just performatively uh, oppose a lot of, oh, this is racist, that's racist, and they'll try and find racism in everything. And it's, it's, you can go through a whole range of perspectives of people who sort of have this like, like and yeah, social media kind of building their identity around. Or you have like the idea of kind of, just of like, um, people who are weeds or or who are sort of, they watch and they like anime, right? And they'll build their whole identity. Why is this
1: coming up quite a lot anime? This
2: is <laughs> well, the thing. It's like, um, well, because let's say it's a very popular thing now. If you go on social media, anime has basically which as, But was basically made popular on social media, right? And I find many Muslims who watch uh, you who who have anime for who are very into anime and so on. So you get a person who will make a point, like they will define themselves as being an anime fan. That is their identity. They will build an identity that they I am a fan of anime, and that is my whole life. You know? And I find again you go on a lot of Muslim social media accounts. Yeah? There is a lot of anime. Um, and I'm saying among young people, not so much among older people. I'd say I guess people under 25, especially, maybe up to 30. But so sort of for people under 25, I see there is a lot of um there's a many ways uh to diverge. Anime is one of the premier uh, cultural or pop cultural forces that shape the social media generation. And another one is hip-hop. Like I said, there three of them are meme, hip-hop, like rap music, anime. And also, I guess, So,
1: I think that's an interesting thing. So, along with this um, social movement comes these uh, trends and other interests that accompany it.
2: Yeah, because, like, if you go, but you know, the funny thing is you get on, but like, you go on Twitter, you find an account that'll have a character from an anime, which is sugar, and they'll be arguing with a person that a, ca- uh, and a character from uh, Attack on Titan, which is another anime. Uh, which incidentally, I have watched, just for full disclosure, and they'll be having an argument about this whole BLM thing, you know. And the thing is, the irony is that this happened in their community because these two people had, till this point, built their whole identity on being anime people, right? And then someone in on their timeline just happened to say, "R.I.P. George Floyd" or "BLM" or one of these many, ha- or maybe even "Blue Lives Matter," which is the alternative. A right-wing hashtag, um, and then one person who had been from this community will make a counter. And I tell this again on the um, Muslim social media as well, but I'm also talking from a slightly broader perspective because, as I kind of mentioned, you know, to conceptualise one of the issues with Muslims when they try to be on social media or living in the, world, you can't just look at the Muslims entirely in a vacuum of our own. We are tied to broader social phenomenon. We are tied to broader, like Muslim Twitter exists within the broader, Twitter, you know? And, and and Muslim Facebook exists within the broader Facebook and so on, you know? So this is like what I think, it's, it's, it's absolutely right you think about, um, but yeah, so these trends will come. And if you look at memes, like memes are very popular and they're not really tied to any given political perspective. Right? Like, I mean, memes are used by, uh people from all spectrums of like i remember one of the early groups of people to adapt to using memes on social media were as supporters of Danish. you know Danish supporters were some of the earliest people to use memes to promote their perspective which again i think it's something you
1: wouldn't expect
2: yeah but i am trying to say the memes are very funny but unfortunately promote a very I mean, they are the if you want to know the epitome of giving an unnuanced respect ridiculing anyone else who opposes you. It's me. Because when you see a meme, even if you don't agree with it, you laugh, you're like, that's hilarious, right? That's like like you you've ridiculed your opponent by making them look stupid. Yeah.
1: They're also quite reductive as well. Yes.
2: Like they, they, there's no detailed analysis in a meme. Right? Like you know, I saw I saw a really dumb one recently that said Oh, well, in America, there's these two guys sitting in, I think it's from, um, Goodfellas, but one of these mocking oh, no, 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 the, the Sopranos. But, and one of the guys is saying, hey, Donnie, you know, uh, because me take like a fourth deal that the 97% of people killed by the police are men? And then, and they says, like, oh, really? But, yeah, the police are sexist against men. And then one of the characters says, but men commit more crime. And then the guy just gives him, like, a knowing look like, yeah. And like, so the... If you get the commentary, the commentary is meant to be. So the reason that police kill more men is not because they're sexist, but because they commit more crime. So who else do the police kill more? Of? You, you you get that enough? Like yeah. Like that thing that implies it. And ironically enough, if you actually look into it, you probably could find some evidence to suggest, in one of the relatively rare occasions where there probably is some bias against males, it's probably like in criminality and sentencing male offenders do tend to be sentenced for longer, other than more male offenders in general, men who commit certain crimes do tend to serve longer sentences than women. And so, like, there are, so actually, ironically enough, not only is that mean modesty? Even though there's a lot of sexism in, in the many societies, there are criminal and crime is actually one of the rare cases where there probably is some bias against men. And actually, like, in America, there's people showing that, like, black men suffer the brunt of police racism. Black women do suffer some racism in America, but it's not nearly to the extent that black men are sort of criminalized because of the image they have in America of, like, a funk. You know, this guy who's sort of with hip-hop clothes and he's kind of sagging his pants. And he's a gun. He sounds like a rapper, and he's going to, he's like a a real gangster, and he's going to go and, um, I don't know, rob a liquor store or something. And this is the image that sort of exists in the minds of people of a black man doesn't really translate over to black women. And this is why I'll give you an example of the dualist opinion that if you say this on social media, would be absolutely outrageous to both sides of the public. If I said, for example, the popularity of rap music, could we say that actually in that actually policy people like rap music because they have some racial bias? Like the idea of a music which has uh, African American people talking about how they're gangsters, they're thugs, they're killers, you know. Um, if if you criticize them, and say, what if the fan which the fan base is to a very large degree non black and white, what if the people who like this stuff like it because it's racist, right? Because they're racist and they have a racist opinion of African Americans and this music seems to confirm the racist opinion they have that they're criminals. You know, I'm a gang if you if you read a lot of if you listen to a lot of rap videos, you it sort of had a bad crime and drugs. Yeah, but if you say that on social media, both sides of the issue will be absolutely opposite. So what you're saying is that African-American culture is bad and evil and, and crime. And, and that was, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that one very specific uh, hyper-commercialized form of music There's one very specific form of music that is popular among non-Black people that a lot of, for example, alt-right people will share rap music. Why? They're, they're racist. Why would they share rap music? Because it supports a lot of the ideas. And then if you say to the other side, so you're saying we're racist, is that what you're saying? You you, you dare call us racist? You know? Do you think anyone, you know? And that is an example of one of those, um, I'm sure my, if one of these people found what this clip now, they might even make that, 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 that um, that so, it's, it's an example of a nuanced conversation you cannot have on a social media platform. You know, like if, if, if you tweeted that out, that, I believe a lot of the popularity of rap music is because of racial biases of the audience, you know, who have a particular image of african Americans. you would be jumped all over by both sides.
1: Okay. All right, Mr. Ramnak, I think you've given us a lot to think about and it's almost going to be an hour.
2: Oh, really? Already? Yeah.
1: So what can we walk away with from this discussion?
2: I think that uh, what we can walk away with is that, um, I think we need to think, I think what we should walk away with is that we can sort of use this as a way to say, we should be thinking about ways going forward, that we can try and encourage more nuanced and more complicated and diverse thinking within our, the Muslim community especially. And is this also, something which is
1: possible on social media to begin with? Can yeah, you have like,
2: like, Thinking about what is a way that we can find a way to make people have a more uh, diverse uh, understanding, and even working on ourselves first, you know? I think that would be a good point, because it's very hard to say, like, no, what is the solution? I don't have the solution, right? I can see the problem, but I don't necessarily have the solution.
1: You know? it is uh, to have the humility to accept that there is a problem in the first place.
2: Yeah, I think I like that might be a good, that might be a good, um, a good step, you know. And then, yeah, so...
1: Secondly, we can also add to that as uh, members of the Muslim community, we should hold ourselves up to a greater standard, perhaps. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, that's something that, unfortunately, many of us do not do,
1: unfortunately. So I'm curious, are you on social media anymore?
2: I have, I don't have, a, I i left Twitter because I just couldn't deal with the, and, and by the way, it right? so sort of stay fine, right? I do a... have a lot of like WhatsApp, Telegram, and I'm in groups, i mean like channels, but it's not as if I'm just like, oh, I'm not. It's not really YouTube. social media though. Yeah. But so, like, I, I've been on Twitter for a very long time, I was on Facebook for a very long time, and then I left it because I just couldn't deal with a lot of the atmosphere. Of, of the people Well,
1: that's perhaps uh, a good action point for listeners, and that is, if it becomes a bit too overwhelming, there's no harm whatsoever in leaving it all together.
2: Yeah. Although I think it's starting to happen already. I, I know, I have many people I know personally, who, some of them i even met on who have sort of left it, it's like, yeah, you can't do it anymore. Yeah. But they tend to go back, and then it's like, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dichotomy. You know, they'll go back, and you'll leave, and they'll go back. There's less talking.
1: Yeah. Definitely the case. Now, Mr. Ramnag, if you had to summarize your entire discussion into one sentence, how would you do it?
2: One sentence. Well, I think that, as, okay, yeah. I think it has to be that as Muslims, we need to learn that things are not black and white, that, that there is good and bad in many perspectives but the fact that there is a nuance of good and bad in many perspectives does not mean there is not still an ultimate truth at one side of more book.
1: that's a very long sentence
2: i know <laughs> but it isn't like i mean you have you summarize an hour into one sentence
1: yeah yeah the problem is that with nuance is that you have to cover every base pretty much
2: yeah exactly
1: so look uh thank you for your time for this amazing wonderful discussion and i'm proud of the fact that you've completed your bachelor's degree in arts and uh we need to celebrate very soon perhaps so when you when you're bringing all the the sweets getting all the sweets and the let <laughs> and the cakes and everything uh, soon, soon, he said with a frown.
2: <laughs> no, but like I said, soon because we this COVID situation. You don't know how long. Right, right, right because like, they say that it's going to go away, but like we're seeing a new spike and a possibility of a second wave. But we don't know. Like things are opening up now, but we don't know. Maybe next week things will have to close down again.
1: You know, will catch up soon. Inshallah. and, we? and yep. uh, we'll, we'll get get to you before we'll celebrate before you become a. Uh, Doctor, who's not very concerned about podcast recordings anymore, will get you, you know, while you're still less popular.
2: <laughs> inshallah.
1: No, it, it, I'm very happy for you. And, uh, you know, we look forward to where, where you go in the future as well, inshallah.
2: Inshallah. Always.